0: Recorded Books presents an unabridged recording of The Other Queen by Philippa Gregory narrated by Ron Keith, Jenny Sterling and Steina Nielsen and directed by Jenny Seelig. This book is copyrighted 2008 by Philippa Gregory Limited. This recording is copyrighted 2008 by Recorded Books. It's the year 1568, and Mary, Queen of Scots, has fled from Scotland to the sanctuary promised her by Queen Elizabeth I. She finds herself imprisoned as the guest of George Talbot, Earl of Shrewsbury, and his new bride, Bess of Hardwick. The couple expected to gain favour in the cutthroat Elizabethan court, Instead, they find the task will bankrupt them as their home becomes the centre of intrigue and rebellion against Elizabeth. If Mary succeeds in seducing the Earl into her web of treachery, or if a great spy master links them to the plot to free Mary from her illegal imprisonment, they may all face the headsman. And now, the other Queen. 1568,
1: Autumn, Chatsworth House, Derbyshire, Bess. Every woman should marry for her own advantage, since her husband will represent her as visible as her front door for the rest of his life. If she chooses a wastrel, she will be avoided by all her neighbours as a poor woman. Catch a duke, and she will be your grace and everyone will be her friend. She can be pious, she can be learned, she can be witty and wise and beautiful, but if she is married to a fool, she will be that poor Mrs. Fool until the day he dies. And I have good reason to respect my own opinion in the matter of husbands, having had three of them, and each one, God bless him, served as stepping stone to the next, until I got my fourth my Earl, and I am now my Lady Countess of Shrewsbury, a rise greater than that of any woman I know. I am where I am today by making the most of myself and getting the best price for what I could bring to market. I am a self-made woman, self-made, self-polished, and self-sold and proud of it. Indeed, No woman in England has done better than me, for though we have a queen on the throne, she's only there by the skill of her mother and the feebleness of her father's other stock, and not through any great gifts of her own. If you kept a Tudor for a breeder, you would eat him for meat in your second winter. They are poor, weak beasts, and this Tudor queen must make up her mind to wed, bed, and breed, or the country will be ruined.' If she does not give us a bonny Protestant boy, then she will abandon us to disaster. For her heir is another woman, a young woman, a vain woman, a sinful woman, an idolatrous papist woman. God forgive her errors and save us from the destruction she will bring us. Some days you hear one story of Mary, Queen of Scots, some days another. What you will never, never hear. Even if you listen a hundred times, even when the story is told by her adoring admirers, is the story of a woman who consults her own interest, thinks for herself, and marries for her best advantage. But since in this life a woman is a piece of property, she does well to consider her improvement, her sale at the best price, and her future ownership. What else? Shall she let herself tumble down? A pity that such a foolish young woman should be foisted on me and my household, even for a short stay, while Her Majesty Elizabeth the Queen decides what is to be done with this most awkward guest. But no house in the kingdom can be trusted to entertain and, yes, secure her like mine. No husband in England could be trusted with such a salome dancing on his terrace but mine. Only my household is run with such discipline that we can accommodate a queen of royal blood in the style that she commands and with the safety that she must have. Only my newly